right, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of The Teardown. My name is Jeff Luck. I'm along with my co-host, Jordan Bianchi, who is live from Darlington Raceway, very late on a Labor Day Eve. Jordan, I imagine it uh, looks like it's getting close to midnight there at, at Darlington. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm sitting in turn three in a press box, looking down at the track. It is a great view watching haulers exit the track as we talk right now. Ryan Newman's hauler and I think that's Ryan Blaney's hauler are on their way outside the on their way home. So yeah, it's uh, it's eerie seeing a, seeing a track just kind of empty out and just be very quiet. Well, last we talked uh, on the on the teardown, we said, oh, I, we don't know uh, what your next race will be, <laughs> and um, here you know you you were in Florida, and you just took just the smallest of detours on your way back to Charlotte, uh, just figured you'd stop at Darlington. And so you were able to witness, um, Kevin Harvick's victory tonight in the Southern 500 and the, in the NASCAR cup series playoff opener. But you also witnessed, uh, quite a twist there at the end because it sure looked like it was going to be either Martin Truex Jr. Or Chase Elliott who won this uh, race tonight. And that's not at all what happened. Um, <laughs> sort of a repeat from the Xfinity race in a way where, both of the guys, uh, you know, that were going for the lead there, end up hitting the wall. Now in the Xfinity race, um, they both just hit it on their own, right, at, right about the same time when Denny Hamlin pulled a slide job. This time, it wasn't Chase Elliott's fault. He didn't have anything to do with it. Martin Truex Jr. Uh, tried to pull a slide job, pull up in front of him, and uh, he he wasn't clear, and he put both of them on no, the wall. Wasn't. And next thing you know, Kevin Harvick's like, "Thank you, bye bye," and he's the winner of the Southern Five Hundred. Yeah, it's weird because we know Elliott and Truex had by far the best cars tonight, and they were dominating, and it was going to really kind of come down to one of those two guys. And as you mentioned, Harvick was four seconds back, and you wonder if, if Truex would have just been a little bit more patient there. It certainly seemed like he had the faster car. He could have gotten around Chase, but he went for it. <laughs> Kudos to him. Um, he went for it, and he didn't quite pull it off, and – for Elliott, it just has to feel like, what do I have to do? And I know he's got a couple wins this year and everything, but it just seems like wins escape him more than any other driver, especially here at Darlington in recent memory. So it's another tough loss for that team. And then you look at the points implications and everything, and Elliott and Truex are both in a good spot. But you get that win, or you, you leave here with a second-place finish, and you're you're in a really good spot. And now, they're, I mean, they're, they're still relatively fine, but it's not as – secure as they once were and then the guy who doesn't need any help whatsoever who's got all of the wins this year and who just keeps winning and finishing up there and, and, and tonight didn't have the fastest car at all he even said as much ends up i don't know backing into a win it's just it's just this is kevin harvick's year apparently well there's a lot to unpack uh you know in in some of what you just said so let's let's just start with you said you know hey you know he, he kind of had to go for it um so so did he? I mean, I think there was maybe 14 laps to go or something when he um, made that move. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, obviously he had been catching him. I, I would think that Chase Elliott was a slower car, even though he had clean air. He was, you know, he was really struggling after he got that damage. Early in the race, Elliott looked great. Once he hit the wall, it seemed like he was fading. So, I, you know, obviously they fixed it to some extent, but we don't really know. Um, how fast the car was. I, I would have thought that Truex did have enough time to maybe be a little bit more patient, but he obviously yeah. saw an opportunity. Um, you know, at, at some point, 
you know, maybe it would have gotten harder with the tires uh, increasingly wearing out. But, I mean, they're both wearing out. They were both on the same tires. Um, so he makes sort of a, you know, the kind of move that you would see, like like with Denny and, and Chastain coming to the white flag, essentially, right? Um, this, this was a little bit early, I thought. Um, because Truex even said in, in these uh, quotes that we see from Toyota here, we didn't get a chance to talk to Elliot or, or Truex, but in these quotes released by Toyota, he says, well, you know, you know, the way you pass at Darlington is you kind of dive it in there and you kind of expect that guy to l- give a little bit more room because, you know, he's going to make it. And in that situation going for the win, I don't know that he was going to, but pretty much it was either going to work or we we're going to crash. And they crashed. I mean, uh, I get going for it for sure, but. You know, going back to another one of your points, you know, you say they're they're okay in the playoffs. They're they they are just okay because Martin Truex Jr. He's sixth, but mm-hmm. if you look at the cutoff line, he's only sixteen points to the good, and Chase Elliott is only twelve points to the good. Had they just made it through there uh, in one two in some combo, you know, uh, they're obviously. I mean, look, obviously Truex didn't want to wreck and had no intention of wrecking, but he even said afterwards there is that risk there. So should he have waited longer? I don't know. I don't think you should. I think if you have an opportunity to pass somebody, you pass somebody. Um, especially here, when you get into traffic, when you've got tires and your car starts going away and the handling and everything. I think if you have an opportunity to pass somebody, you pass somebody. Now, would I have been as aggressive as I as Truex was going to turn one? Eh. It looked like he had a run where he maybe could have passed Elliot without having to, to do a slide job on him, but... I don't know. I mean, it's, it's hindsight 2020, and I just think that in that moment, and you've got a run, which he certainly did coming off a of turn four and down the front stretch, um, what are you supposed to do? I mean, you, you can't back off, and so you're kind of in the situation where you've got to go, and if you've got an opportunity to, to pass him, I think you have to take advantage of it when you can because you don't know what's going to happen, and we, we've seen that many times here. So, yeah, I mean, it was it was really kind of a quintessential Darlington race in a lot of respects. Well, it's interesting because, you know, First of all, Truex isn't really a type of guy. Truex is a really clean racer, I feel like. Now, he yes, people, you know, clean. he they complain that he whines too much and says, oh, that guy's in my way too much. Get that guy out of my way or, or he's being raced too hard. But you don't see Truex um, rough people up, really. I mean, you never see him sort of move people for a win. He's always giving people room. So this was, I felt like, a little bit uncharacteristic. Maybe it's because he hasn't, you know, won as much this year and, and he's trying to um, you know, only only one win, but he's been in position a lot, obviously. All those top three finishes he had for a while there. Um, and, you know, he, I, I, if you win here and you have the fastest car, you start the playoffs on, on a great note. So maybe that's what he was going for a little bit there. But, you know, again, also, it's just kind of like, I don't know, you know, just given his history, I... I I, look, I, I don't want to. I don't want to sit here and criticize somebody for going for it because I, I like when people go for it, right? I just think I don't know if that was the right time. Um, you know, th- there's still so many laps left. There's still so much that could happen. Yeah, I just ah man, that that's kind of early there, and especially, you know, getting into you know ruining another playoff driver's race. That's ooh, that's tough. That's pretty tough. It's going to be interesting to see what this means going forward. Um, Elliot has shown in the past in the playoffs. He he can hold a grudge, <laughs> and he knows how to get revenge. <laughs> Truex, if, and if Truex needs to, to remember that, he should just ask his teammate, Denny Hamlin. It'll be interesting, and there's going to be two opportunities coming up. Um, we have to come to two short tracks. The new schedule this year, you, you go to Richmond, then you go to Bristol. Um, 
certainly an opportunity there to, p- to pay somebody back and to, to let them know you're not happy with them. And like you said, you know, if, if Truex has a bad race in the next two weeks, you know, he's certainly good enough to overcome that. But this just puts him in a spot tonight where you've got to be pretty you got to have your you know everything buttoned up the next couple weeks or you got to go have to get their win and you know that's no guarantees and the good thing for him is he's going to richmond where he's been virtually unbeatable the last few years so we'll see but it'll be interesting to see how elliot handles this going forward because that to me is the great unknown well let me ask you this should elliot hold a grudge i think he should in the sense that hey like this was an unnecessary uh, thing to happen from, from Elliot's standpoint. I was going to, at, at a minimum, finish second to you, and you took both of us out. Obviously, it, it hurt Truex as well, but Elliot is going to look at this and, and not, you know, not be too impressed, I guess, you know, by, by what happened. So, you know, I'm not sure it, it calls for, like, out-and-out out blatant retaliation, like sort of a, a Denny situ- situation at Martinsville from a few years ago. I don't know if it's that to that level, but certainly it's like, well, if I got the opportunity, I'm certainly not going to, um, you know, uh, you know, Elliot's not going to ruin his own day, but he's not going to, you know, give any, give Truex any, um, sort of favors. Favors. For sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, that I will say too, you know, the alternative to this discussion is let's say, you know, we, we've criticized drivers in the past when people don't make a move, right? Like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe he didn't put the bumper to him or, you know, it's the playoffs. I guess these guys are just settling for points. Do they not want it bad enough? Um, you know, stuff like that, like Casey Kane, Kyle Larson, I think in the past we've we've touched on that um, on previous podcasts as well. But so, again, I, I, I'm not – it's not the act of going for it that's the problem for me. It's the timing. That's that's really what it comes down to. But Yeah, and I understand that. I just think with in that situation and the laps are qu- rounding down quick and – you just don't know what's going to happen going forward. If you have an opportunity to make that pass, you go ahead and do it. So it's the playoffs. This is what it's about. And you to win and go on, it means everything. And sometimes you got to do some things that maybe are going to put but it, you. No, put, see, I got to stop you again, though. Again, timing in the sense that, like, not even not even with 14 laps to go, but how about that this is round one? We, you don't need to win in round one. You don't need to make those all out, like, okay, you know, either you're going to let me clear you or we're, or we're both going to crash. I mean, if this was to make the final four or something, I think it's a different situation. But round one is where you just need clean finishes. You've just got to not have trouble. Um, I agree that you don't have to have trouble. But the thing is, is this is race one. And so let's say Truex finishes second here. That's great. He's in a good point spot. Lenny, they're going to Richmond next week. And for whatever reason, he has a bad race, crashes out early. Then what? Then you're in a hole. All of a sudden, he, you're now a, he is in a hole. He just finished twenty second. But okay, but <laughs> if he didn't do that move, worst case, he, he finishes second. So that's twenty okay. more points. He lost twenty I would points rather tonight. Be in a, I would rather be in the position I am now, knowing that I went for the win and I could have gotten a win and put myself into round two for sure, than to sit and be conservative and say, "Well, yeah, I'm just going to hold back here because I don't want to put myself in a bad spot." I think if the opportunity arises to get a win in the playoffs. You have to go for it because you get bonus points and everything else that comes along with it. And yes, it it, it, it can be costly, absolutely. But I, if I can get a chance to get a win, I'm going for it. Yeah. Again, I, I just I'm sitting here staring at the standings, and like I said, he, if you add 20 points to his total, he's third in points, 
and sure. he's clear. He has he is a comfortable situation. He's actually I think he would have improved his situation from where he entered the playoffs in in relation to uh, the bubble, right? Yeah. Um, you even saw Denny Hamlin do that tonight. I think Denny Hamlin, let's see, he is 40, 44 points clear of the cutoff now. Um, so even though you know his night went south when he missed pit road, which we'll talk about um, in a little bit, we can discuss the other drivers. But you know, it's just it's just not about hurting yourself in this first round. That's that's what I keep coming back to. So I don't know. It's a good debate. I, I enjoy uh, disagreeing with you on on stuff just because I feel like we agree so often, but. Uh, but I, I do think though, just to wrap up the Elliot part of this, man, um, he is on the wrong end so many times of, of these situations. It seems like he's mm-hmm. always, um, I mean, geez, gosh, it's, it's gotta be tough for him and his fans. And, you know, I think Elliot fans, uh, in general are the most vocal and sort of like sensitive on Twitter. Like they really, uh, they'll jump on you real quick if they feel disrespected. But in this situation like this, I mean, I, you would think they have every right to feel how they feel, to feel angry about what happens. I mean, their guy, you know, over and over again, it seems like he's putting himself in great situations and they just, they just can't close it out for whatever reason. It's not, it's not his doing. I mean, like I, what, what could have Elliot have done differently tonight? Nothing really. I mean, I guess you could. He, the only thing you could say is that maybe back off. If you you see Truex have that run, and you just give him, you back off just, just a little in. bit. Yeah, let him in to go into turn one. Well, well, then, but then you hope that Truex's momentum is going to carry him off the track, and we see it so many times when you that crossover move, and then you you dive underneath him coming out of two. So that's you know that's hindsight twenty twenty. But there's nothing he could have done. I mean, he was he did everything good tonight. He kept a clean car clean put himself in position, let a bunch of laps. And at the end of the day, just, I mean, he's victimized again. I mean, at Darlington again, I mean, just like yeah. earlier in this year when, when Kyle got into him. So it's just, there's not much you can do. You just, you, you shrug and say, okay, move forward. But well, you do it, raise it, a good point. And then, and then, you know, by that same token, um, if I'm going to criticize Truex for, you know, like, Hey, you just got to get through this round. You know, I, I it, it is somewhat fair to say, okay, Elliot could have just backed out, let him in. But that's for the win. That's for the Southern 500, 14 to go. Um, and maybe you're thinking, there's no way that guy's really going to cut up in front of me, right? He's not clear. Um, again, we didn't get to talk to Elliot, so we didn't really get to hear any more aside from what was on uh, TV. So I would have liked to hear more of his mindset. Of like when a car is coming up, you know, in that situation, you see the guy on the inside trying to make a pass. And are you thinking, well, he's going to race me on the inside. He's, he's not surely going to like try to, get up in front of me right here right i mean i assume he wouldn't anticipate that because that seemed i don't know fairly reckless i guess but anyway um we have lots more playoff stuff to talk about but first it's time for another one of my classic awkward ad reads (laughs) and of course uh we appreciate our sponsor manscaped coming back once again to give me this opportunity so let's talk about it jordan our sponsor today Manscaped has you covered to keep the hair looking nice and trimmed and feeling fully supported. Manscaped offers precision engineered tools for your family jewels. And as I said last time, I didn't make that up, <laughs> make that rhyme up. I just read it. I, you know, perhaps like it, it, maybe it's my next career. If, if you make up rhymes like this, you're a jingle um, writer. Yeah. I mean, it's, this is like the, you know, <laughs> I, I used to want to go into advertising. Um, well. so Clearly, I mean, you know, the people that wrote this, this is like they're, they're living out my dream. I just get to read what they wrote. Um, so the premium lawnmower 3.0 is a waterproof 
It includes a LED light is made with advanced skin safe technology, which reduces so like, nicks. It has cuts. a glow like you like the cars did at the All Star race. Is that like an underglow with the LED lights? Yes, because it, like I said, it's supposed to reduce the nicks and cuts on your delicates. <laughs> I think that the LED light, I'm imagining, I haven't gotten to use the premium lawnmower 3.0 myself, but I imagine that it's trying to shine something uh, down there maybe to, uh, is that what an LED light does? I don't know. Maybe we need to find out more about it. Um, anyway, you can get this trimmer inside the Perfect Package 3.0, which also includes the Manscaped Crop Reserver Ball Deodorant and the Crop Reviver Ball Toning Spray. Both okay, super practical wow. and smell great too. Could you have used that? That's, was it humid there in Darlington today? Was it helpful to you it if was, you had this? It was warm. I was in press box. I you know air conditioning. I'm fine. Okay. Well, but some of the just fans case, who sat out never in, the, know. in the grandstands, yep. the limited attendance there, yep. maybe they could have used the crop preserver. It's ball important to smell good everywhere. Yeah. You never know. Um, well, anyway, if they order this for a limited time, uh, the perfect package, they could get two free gifts the Shed Travel Bag, and the Manscaped Anti-Chafing Boxer Briefs. Again, sounds like something uh, if you're going to one of these races. Yeah, sit outside. Um, Yeah, I mean, even the waistband is super elastic, which reduces the chafing and rubbing, it says here. Uh, No one likes chafing. Absolutely. I mean, chafing is really uh, something that would be worse than blowing a tire 200 miles an hour, really. Well, I don't know if it would be worse, but still irritating. Anyway, um, if you you call now, you get 20% off. And free shipping with the code theathletic20 at manscaped.com. You don't even need to call. Why did I say call? Just log on, manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. And use the code theathletic20. From the moose to the caboose, Jordan, always use the right tools for the job. Amen. And this completes another awkward <laughs> ad read. Now, My Jordan, favorite part of the episode. Yes. Now, Jordan, let's talk about some of the other playoff drivers. Um, I would like to start with Denny Hamlin. I mean, sure, you know, for a while there was you had uh, Harvick, Hamlin, Truex, mm-hmm. not necessarily in that order. And I was like, wow, look at this, the start of the playoffs. The three people that you would say are really the three guys that most people would have in their final four, certainly two of them and another favorite. Um, they're having a great start. Hamlin, I mean, just by missing pit road you know which it seemed like a weird mistake because almarillo was on his inside he's being called to pit road right so he knows Mm -hmm. he has to get down but if he can't get down why try to force it there i mean you know we everybody just shredded quinn Houff uh, a while back for trying to pit from like the third lane right yeah turning down and then and then uh people were mad at ryan priest he almost turned down right in front of jimmy johnson at dover uh, it took him out. And then Jimmy is, was furious on the radio <laughs> again. Cause he almost got taken out by, by Denny Hamlin. Uh, he had to slow up and, and he's like, where was the hand wave? Now the in car showed that Denny did try to wave, but I mean, it wasn't the right situation. I and mean, he was trying to wave off like when Almarola was still there, I guess the situation, you know, what's best, but he just should have waited another lap at full speed and come around. I mean, yeah, it wasn't, you know, the right time for the strategy, but if you can't get down, you can't get down. No, I agree. And I had a really good angle of that tonight because I was in, in turn three watching this. And how you get onto pit road at Darlington is unique because you, you kind of almost diamond the corner and then you shoot down. It's not, you know, some tracks you kind of, you're able to kind of go in and you've got a little bit more of an area to, to scrub some speed. Here you just, you go down, you just fly off the bank and you go into the pits and it's really tough. And this is something that Hamlin has struggled with here before. 2017, he missed pit road and had to take an extra lap. Now he ended up coming back to win that race because 
they ended up using some strategy that put him back in a position where he could take advantage of of the circumstances. But in he just wasn't able to do that tonight. He didn't, the breaks didn't go his way, and at that point, you're you're sunk. And it was tough. To, I mean, you get it, you get in the pack tonight. It was hard to pass. I mean, sometimes it was just there's a lot of really good cars, or a lot not a lot of cars that were really equal. And you know we saw, you know Kevin Harvick was talking about Austin Dillon and how you know or was it I don't think it was Harvick excuse me I think it was Clint Boyer that said this and then you know Austin Dillon had a, a, if you put Austin Dillon in tenth he's going to run tenth if you put him in second he's probably going to run second just because if you can maintain your track position maintain your tires it, you you're in a good spot so yeah I mean woulda shoulda coulda I mean the, the good thing for Hamlin is he's got a points total where you know he, he's in a good spot going to two of his better racetracks so it. it Probably is not going to hurt him too much, but again, if you get a chance to get that W, you you, you certainly want to capitalize on it. Yeah, no, this this won't hurt him at all. And um, actually, I think I think earlier I said forty seven points or forty four points. I think it's actually fifty four points now that I'm looking at it. So, um, yeah, he had I mean, forty seven coming into tonight, and then whatever he earned. Yeah, well, I'm just saying I'm just saying the gap to uh, oh, gotcha, yeah, the gap back to Almirola. I think I think he's fifty seven points if I'm not mistaken so i'm looking at two different scoring things here and um yeah 50 so 54 points so yeah i mean yeah he he actually extended his advantage by finishing 13th um so really i mean he he could probably go to richmond which he's not going to he's good at richmond but he could probably go to richmond and bristol and finish like 20th and 20th and still make it super easy Mm -hmm. right so um yeah it's just a situation for him again like where just like with Truex and Harvick, of course Harvick would have never really had to worry, but uh, just you know, don't don't hurt yourself. Austin Dillon, you know, for as as well as he did tonight, um, and you know, I, we both I think had him out in the first round in our predictions. Um, so he, he goes out and finishes second, great result. But you know, again, you look at the points, and he's only ten to the good already, um, despite finishing second. I mean, that's sort of the situation he was in, um, and didn't get stage points you know um to the degree that some of the other people around him did so you know i'm sure he's happy to be on the the positive side of it going to richmond and bristol but at the same time that that 10 points could evaporate so easily you know so that's going to be tough but short tracks are sort of the great equalizer in some ways so yeah and i would say that you know, if you, you're going to look at the three tracks in round one, I think Darlington was always going to be the the struggle for Austin Dillon. It's you know, it's an aer- it's an intermediate track. You know, for more, right. I mean, it still does have aer- intermediate characteristics, and that is something where we have seen maybe RCR is not the same as a Joe Gibbs Racing or a, a Team Penske or Stuart Haas Racing. And for Austin to, to get a second place here and now to go to Richmond, where he typically runs very well, and goes to Martinsville, where he's ran well in the past. Um, where, Bristol, you mean Bristol? Um, I'm sorry, Bristol. Yeah, yeah, Bristol, where he's ran well in the past. You know, yeah. I mean, it, it just it it kind of changes that mindset a little bit of maybe we can you know we can actually go out there and do something. And now instead of having to work from a deficit, we can actually play from ahead. Yeah, man, you say that Bristol, and I'm just already like, I mean, Richmond's going to be fine, but I'm already just thinking about like the the playoff yeah, cutoff drama uh, for the elimination somebody's gonna be round. Upset. Oh. Somebody's going. Uh, there will be a helmet being. There will be a, somebody be, will be throwing a helmet. Somebody will be cussing out somebody. It just. It is going to be. Uh, it is going to be hurt feelings. It is going to be everything that I think you want in a playoff race. You're going to get at Bristol. It is going to be madness. Yeah, this is a great. This schedule is a great round one. It's the way phenomenal. It, up. it yeah. really is. Yeah. 
So uh, third place tonight was Joey Logano, which is a pretty good comeback for him because he got that pretty severe damage yep. on one of the restarts, and obviously it yep. didn't didn't hurt him that much. So um, he's in great uh, shape points wise. Comes away with a good. I was going to say clean finish. It wasn't clean, but he still got a, no, a good finish. He had a scramble. Yep. Um, William Byron picks up his third straight top five after not having mm-hmm. any all year, right? So that's a pretty good result for them. I mean, they were yep. they seemed pretty far off at one point. I mean, they were running. Yeah, they they were run- or something. Yeah, they had a up and down night. They were really strong at the beginning, running you know up near the front, top five. Right. Then they slid back, and then they came back at the end with some tragedy and everything. So, yeah, just an up-and-down night. We just saw that from a lot of guys tonight. Just, you know, depending on what part of the race that it was in, they were either either front or they'd be back in the pack. Then sixth place was Alex Bowman, and I kind of had him in mind all night because when I was asking drivers who their dark horse picks were for the piece I wrote um, on The Athletic this week, Kurt Busch said Alex Bowman right away, and he said it was because Alex Bowman is really good at the worn-out, um, yeah, slick that was a great point. tracks and um, he's right I mean he won Fontana early in the year he had had a good strong car at Darlington early in the year so I was kind of watching him um, throughout the night and he, he got the good run that, that he needed to start his playoffs and comes away fifth in points so you know for a team that had been sort of really lost this summer that's a big result yeah. for them um, Kyle Busch finishes seventh and he said I was listening to his radio um, happened to catch it right after the race. He he was sort of just saying, "Man, you know, I, I just couldn't do anything back in this in this dirty air, damn it, kind of thing." Um, so, you know, I, obviously he uh, and Truex and Hamlin were running one, two, three at one point, and it seemed like he was going to be able to maybe finish top three. It just didn't cycle out that way for him. Um, which will I want to talk about that caution uh, in a little bit, where that that kind of changed how things were going to go. But uh, Kurt Busch, the aforementioned Kurt Busch, he finishes eighth. Almirola, he seemed, you know, like he wasn't going to have that good of a night for a while. I was like, oh, wow, they're really not performing. Um, he finishes ninth. Clint Boyer, tenth. That's, you know, that's not a bad result for Boyer, who was trying to do that long pitting strategy, had a tire, um, yeah. seemed to come apart. He had to pit early. kind of kicked off that sequence because then everybody else jumped to pit road too. But uh, any other res- thoughts on those guys that we just named that you want to ser- share before we move on? I thought Boyer would be better tonight. Um, he was really strong here in the spring, led a lot of laps, was in contention in, until late. This is a really good track for him. I was expecting more. I thought they'd be in a position to get more stage points, to, to get a better finish. I, to leave here with a top 10 is a good thing. Eric Omarolo, you know, rallied at the end. He's kind of one of those guys that you know really didn't do much all night but put himself in a position at the end to get a good, a decent finish. That is really important. And I think Kyle Busch is a guy, he came here tonight. It was a competitive night for him. I mean, he didn't lead a lot of laps or if any laps, but he was running second, third, most of the night. It was competitive. I think this is a good thing for him because, one, the next two races are at tracks that he is really, really good at. And, two, it just kind of stems that narrative of, oh, is, is Kyle going to struggle in the playoffs? And if you have a bad race, if he opens a, if he opens the playoffs tonight with a bad race and, you know, ha- bad luck or something that just, it felt like it, things were going to snowball for him and right out of the playoffs really early. And I felt like tonight was kind of a, kind of a, you put up the gate a little bit and you stop that, the slide. And it, now you can head to two racetracks where you've got an opportunity to do some damage. Yeah. I will say though, Kyle push, uh, sorry, Kyle Bush only um, seven points to the good. 
oh, over yeah. the playoff That's... cutoff right now. So it, it could be uh, it's going to be a tough go of it for the entire time frame because he's never going to have that that cushion, obviously, without the playoff points. But absolutely, um, you, you mentioned a, a comeback earlier. Uh, Brad Keselowski had the comeback of the night. He ends up finishing 11th. Mm-hmm. Um, he had hit the wall really early in the run, uh, was stuck a lap down. You know, it was like going to be a real disastrous night for him, it looked like. And then um, on that first sequence where they were able to stay out, I mean, it was almost like a Hail Mary. They were probably one lap away from having to pit because Blaney had just pitted. Yep. Um, I think it was Bubba, Bubba's caution, that one he spun. It was Bubba's spin in turn four, yep. Yep, and next thing you know, Keselowski back on the lead lap. Great timing for him. A caution changes everything there, and uh, big uh, you know, he's, he leaves fourth in points when he could have been, um, you know, probably 10th. I think I saw him at one time when he was, uh, way down the chart, I looked at the live points and he was around 10th. So that, yeah. that was a big comeback there. That's the kind of stuff where, you know, you, if somebody makes a deep playoff run, you look back on that, you know? Yeah, no, he's 22 points to the good now. Um, heading, you know, out of here in a night where they, they just, not the night you want. I mean, you, you have trouble early, you get down a lap, and you're in scramble mode from then on out. And they were playing catch-up for a while, and they got a caution break. But it just it was really kind of indicative of Team Penske's night as a whole. I mean, Logano, we talked about his issues, and then there's Ryan Blaney we're probably going to get talk about a little bit. And it was just – it this has to feel like a very frustrating race for Team Penske. And it, and it felt like a race, too, in some respects, where it could have been really ugly, but now at least we still have two drivers in relatively decent position. Yep. So continuing down our, our little rundown of playoff drivers here, Cole Custer, P12, pretty solid run for him. Um, yeah, very I'm not good. sure we expected that. Uh, you know, he's he's shown flashes at times, certainly of having good runs, but to come out in the playoff opener and run uh, P12 in the Southern 500, you know, ahead of Denny Hamlin, hey, pretty pretty good result there. Uh, keeps mm-hmm. him certainly in the conversation as he's only three points below uh, the cutoff right now. And um, as we go down further, um, you know, Matt Benedetto really bad night all the way around. Ends up uh, finishing off the lead lap, 21st place, um, really. Never competitive. No, no. I mean, they were able to get back on the lead lap at one point, but couldn't do anything with it. Just went back a lap down again. Uh, you know, they showed in-car. I don't know if you were able to see much of the broadcast, but Mm-mm. they showed the uh, in-car at one point. He's just, like, hanging on. Uh, it was bad. It looked like that car was a real handful. Um, but the real, uh, you know, disappointment of the whole night, obviously, was Ryan Blaney. Gets a, uh, a weird uh, ballast uh, penalty before the race. They said they put um, some bag of weighted bag of liquid or something on the floor that was supposed to be taken out. And uh, NASCAR caught them with it. Um, Ten-point penalty. Todd Gordon sent home. And, you know, we've heard of some of this weighted stuff this year. I mean, where drivers have been using, uh, you know, their helmet bags for stuff and, you know, to sneak weight in. Or, you know, yeah. there was that possibility. Um, so, I don't know. This uh, I don't know how the penalty, you know, I, I assume they'll, they'll be done with it, you know, by taking the points away right then and, and mm-hmm. having him start at the back and all that stuff. But when you have that kind of penalty and you have a bad night on top of that, uh, that's just, that's tough. That's really tough. Well, it, it, that, I mean, you lose the 10 points. The 10 points is incredibly valuable in the playoffs, especially when you don't have a lot of playoff points to work with to begin with. And then 
he overcame that. I mean, he started in the back of the pack, and he was in the top 20 at the end of stage one. And you're like, okay, he's got a, he's got a good car here. He's going to be okay. And I think he was even up like 13th. And then they had some kind of tire issue, and I don't know exactly what it was, but they had a tire issue coming during to the, green. the state. Yeah, and they had a pit coming to the green flag, and that just put them down, and they were never, ever able to get the track position. They, they were able to get – they got back – they took a wave around and got back on the lead lap, like towards, you know, three fourths of the way through the race or whatever it was. But they just, at that point, it was just, there was no recovery from it. And it just went downhill. And I don't think, it didn't sound like that car was running or handling the way they wanted it to at the end either. So just really just an awful day that just kept getting worse and worse. And you look at it now, Richmond isn't Ryan's best track. They've had good runs there in the past, but it consistently, he's not the best there. Bristol, he's really, really good. He leads a lot of laps there. He tends to, but the finishes always aren't there. Um, I'm not ready to say that anybody's in a must-win position yet, but he's used up his mulligan, and you can't have a bad race from here on out and hope to go forward. So that's just an unfortunate way to to, uh, to start the playoffs. Yeah, and uh, you know that leaves him and Benedetto at the bottom of the playoffs right now. The bottom four, all Fords, you know, half the playoff field is Fords, but the bottom four who would be out right now um, are all Fords. And even the the bubble driver uh, who's tied for the last spot is a Ford. So the bottom five in the standings are Fords. That's not the way certainly that manufacturer wanted to start out. But uh, there was one Ford at the top. We'll talk a little bit about Kevin Harvick when we come back right after this. So, Jordan, Kevin Harvick. Um, he is a Ford who was at the top there and, you know, he wasn't going to win the race. Certainly he was going to finish third until the guys, uh, generously, uh, wrecked in front of him, sort of like the Brandon Jones situation with the Xfinity race there. But, uh, I was curious, you know, how do you think that the race would have played out had there not been that late caution that put everybody back on the same strategy? Um, because it looked so, you know, Harvick had to stop twice during that final stage. Rodney mm-hmm. Childers told us afterward that it was because the tires were really wearing out pretty badly and they didn't even have a choice to try to do a one-stop thing. Now, yeah. Truex was on that one-stop strategy, but it was going to be dicey for him as well because we saw that Clint Boyer's tire came unraveled and then a bunch of people came to pit road and it was like, I don't even know if the tires can last you know, on a 60-lap run to the end or whatever it was going to be. But Truex was going to be able to track him down um, throughout the course of that run, and Harvick would have had to pit again under green. So it would have been interesting to see if he would have been able to come back in. The, the strategy would have been fascinating. I guess you have a feel on what would have happened had the race stayed green? I, I don't because I don't know if there's been another caution or not. And when you start incorporating worn tires at Darlington late in a race and people are having to make pit stops, you, who knows what's going to happen. You, you, you're likely to get a caution. I do know that when that caution came out, Martin Truex Jr. and Kyle Busch were, were none too pleased. Denny Hamlin was furious because um, they wanted to see that thing play out because they felt like they were in a position to take advantage of the guys who were on a different strategy than them. And that's just, it, it, you know, it's, it's unfortunate. And you can debate whether or not, I, I don't know. I mean, there was a lot of talk of that debris on the track, so I don't have an issue with NASCAR throwing the flag. I know Clint Boyer <laughs> was not pleased about it, but I don't know. I mean, I, it, 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 that's what you expect in these races, and that's what we saw. And it's it's 
That's what the, that's what happens. Yeah, I mean, NBC showed it. And it was a piece of metal bouncing down the the track. Now Boyer's contention was that it was way off the track by the time they threw the caution, and it was an unnecessary caution. I do hate in general that a debris caution played so much into the outcome late in a race when everybody's already laid their cards out for the strategy and then that that just sort of ruins everything you know um but at the same time i mean if you're nascar and you know you have any of your cameras at all looking at this and you see a piece of metal bouncing around the track cars possibly hitting it and then you think Mm -hmm. about people running it over flat tires and you know the criticism that you would get for that like how can you not throw this this is debris i ran over this and you ruined my night or something you know Mm -hmm. i think you you probably have to throw it there um, that's yeah, I don't it's tough, it's, but there's, you know. there's a piece of metal on the track bouncing. I mean, that, that's yeah. if that's not a debris caution, then I don't know what is. Yeah, yeah. So um, it sucks, but that's that's what their call is. Uh, you know, I mean, that's the position they have to make that call. I I agree with the call. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, it didn't mix things up, but that's just that's just racing sometimes. I mean, look in, in the F1 race uh, this morning, um, earlier today. It seems like a lifetime ago. It's been a long day, I know, for everybody, but. Um, you know, Lewis Hamilton pitted, uh, when the pits were closed because of a caution for Kevin Magnuson, his car was too close to the entrance there. Um, you know, that, that shook up the whole race. He got a penalty, uh, later there was a red flag and you had a, you end up getting a podium of guys who had each one career podium and no career wins. So, you know, that, that mixed up that whole race. So, you know, cautions falls a certain way sometimes in all forms of motorsports and, that's that's just part of it but um some days you're the dog and some days you're the tree yeah but harvick continues his march i mean weird way to get get that first win but if you had said of course oh kevin harvick will win the first playoff race we would have been like yeah okay so, you know that makes sense yeah. and i think the one thing you can say about this is if there was any so what are the odds that he was not what were the odds that he was going to get to phoenix before today was it like 99% Ninety-eight percent, whatever those odds were, I think it's a hundred percent now. Just because he just keeps adding to his point total. I mean, and that's the thing is, yeah, five just, more playoff they, points. Yeah, five more playoff points. And man, it's just like, and now you can go to two racetracks at Richmond and Bristol, and you can be aggressive, and you can take chances, and you can do what you have to do, and not have to worry about it, and get even more stage. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's just like, I mean, it's like I said, whatever his odds were before, I, if they're not a hundred percent, they're damn close. Yeah, I mean, as great as this season's been for Denny Hamlin, this really is the season of Kevin Harvick as well. Um, seeing on Twitter from Fathead, that's Fathead with a P-H-A-T, he's <laughs> compiled a neat little chart there of uh, all these these average finishes over time, and um, really nobody's come close to Harvick's average finish right now, especially compared to the next closest guy and things like that um, this season. So... Pretty interesting stuff there. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, the thing that really stands out to me, and I've, and I've been thinking about this a lot this week, between Harvick and Hamlin, and they both have speed, they both win a lot of races, is we don't see Harvick and the four team beat themselves. We don't see them make mistakes where they shoot themselves in the foot. This isn't the Harvick team of a few years ago where they had all those pit road issues, remember that, and they would find ways to lose races and whatnot. This is a team that just goes out, every single week and executes and they finish where they, they they find a way to finish if they have an eighth place car they finish six if they have a fifth place car they finish third tonight they had a third place car and they won that's what they do they don't make mistakes they maximize their performance every single week and put themselves in position and 
it works for him. It works very well for him. Well, Jordan, uh, you know, I know it's really late there. You've had a really long day, and I suspect you maybe uh, have a, a drive in front of you uh, to get somewhere to sleep tonight. So um, we'll we'll let you go in a moment here. So let's just uh, um, knock out this was a good race poll predictions. You know, last week we were really bullish on the chances for the Daytona race to have some sort of um, record number. Possibly you were saying it was the best race of the season. It was going to get super high. I also thought it would be low 90s. I think you said 95%, something yeah. like that. Um, ultimately, I was wrong. Yeah, well, ulti- both of us. I mean, I, I was disappointed. I don't really know what happened, but um, th- that race only got 90%. It almost, you hmm. know, we were, we were talking about it as a fact that, oh, yeah, it was going to be in the 90% club. I mean, it was 0.1% away from not being. So I think there is some element out there of people who – are still sort of angry at NASCAR for whatever uh, political reasons they feel like. And um, so they're, they're going to vote no on everything. So we have to keep that in mind. Maybe it's three to 5% uh, that are, are, are going to, you know, vote no on everything right now. But this race tonight was interesting just because, you know, it was, you know, typical Darlington Southern 500 for a while. There not much going on, hard to pass at the end. It got in- real interesting. Um, Thanks in part to the strategy, but then obviously when the leaders um, wreck, then that, that changes the whole game anyway. So how do you think people are going to view this race? What are they going to vote, Jordan? I'm just going to go with my old standby, 60%. 60? Okay. <laughs> I think I think it's, a, like you said, I think it's a traditional Darlington race. There was a point there in stage two, and you're like, oh, man, this, this does feel really long. But then it got to stage three, and it got interesting with the different strategies, and I thought the end was really good. So I think... I think this is the typical Darlington race, so give me sixty percent. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll go. Um, I think I might go seventy three on this one. I don't know why seventy three, but ooh, that seems very high. You think it's too high? No, um, I think it's a lot. I mean, I think the finish was really good, but I don't know. Yeah, I, this just seems high. It doesn't. This race to me doesn't seem anything that's going to be something you remember. Yeah. a year from now. No, I agree. I mean, maybe I'm going a little too high. Maybe. You know, I, my my original gut was to say seventy, but I already said seventy three. So, um, I, I do think it'll be a, a little higher than sixty. Um, I don't know, sixty sixty seems low, but you you might be you might be, you might win this one. But we will uh, we'll find out next week. We will be talking to you guys um, Saturday night for the Richmond race. So, um, obviously these this is four night races in a row here. So we're posting these podcasts late at night. We love Five. you. Five nights in a row? Five night yeah, races in a row? Is that right? we, have, uh, oh. da- we had Daytona, Daytona last week. Tonight is uh, Darlington. Then we've got Richmond, Bristol, and then Las Vegas, which is a Sunday night race. Oh, that's right. That's right. You're right. You're right. Five night races in a row. Wow. Well, we love those of you who tweet us and say, hey, we're waiting up for the podcast. Sorry. We, it takes us a while to, uh, after these races, you know, we do like an hour of Zoom interviews at various times, and then we got to record the podcast edit the podcast, upload the podcast, all that stuff. So thanks for sticking with us. And no matter when you listen, we appreciate all of you. Check out our work on The Athletic. Um, We've been trying to put some content out that we can, even though we're, you know, not getting the same access we would be if there wasn't a pandemic. Um, We're trying our hardest and we'll keep putting out uh, as much stuff as as you can uh, to read. So anyway, any final thoughts, Jordan? No, uh, solid night to start the playoffs. Excited for what's to come. I think the next two short track races are going to be something to talk about. Yep, I sure hope so. 
Well, everybody, again, thanks for listening. We will talk to you next time on The Teardown.